Bit of swings and roundabouts with Borthwick at the moment. How many times are you going to bring up that win? Oh, more, more than <laughs> enough throughout the year, more than enough. Hello and welcome to Scrum Fly With Me, which has actually got a new look. I'm Archie, um, your co-host, and I'm joined by Jamie. Hello. How are you doing, Jamie? Yeah, not bad, mate. First time on the pod. Yeah, so you're going to stepping in as, as the regular co-host here, uh, which is going to put bit of pressure off me now yeah. um, so that you can actually come along and take some of the weight. Um, yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. Um, bit of a bit of rugby over the weekend, mm-hmm. back into things, season fastly approaching. Yeah, well, uh, you are a Chiefs player, yeah. to my disappointment. Um, how is the season sort of get, uh, looking for you? We're good. We're, um, well, myself and Archie both play intramural rugby uh-huh. at University of Nottingham. Um, unfortunately, Archie chose the economics and finance team um, it's a better team uh, who, out of the two who we beat last year oh, so okay. um but no we're looking good we lost quite a few players last year few few graduated um but we've recruited nicely mm. how many times are you going to bring up that win oh more more than <laughs> enough throughout the year more than enough oh, until we beat us. yeah i look forward to that i mean we are we're actually talking on the way here that we have got a um, Friday Night Lights game yeah, coming up later in a week's time. So I'm sure you have a little debrief of that um, after that game, yeah. which I'm looking forward to. Little little pre-match analysis of that. Oh yeah, of course. A little breakdown. But we thought to sort of start this new um, series of pods, we talk about our sort of rugby history and how we got into the game and, and our love for it and where it sprouted from. So Jamie, do you want to start sort of where you started playing rugby? Yeah, the... of course. So... Um, my rugby background started at my local club. I was about seven when I went down. Um, played on and off throughout school, um, but really rekindled a passion for the game through lockdown. Um, went went back down to my club, 17, 18. Started mixing with the seniors and, yeah, not really looked back since. Yeah, now I think I'm right in saying your club is relatively close to mine. Yeah, um, we're about 20 minutes down the road. Know, we didn't even realise. Yeah. Um, so you played for old... Sir Hillians, Sir yeah. Hillians. Uh, yeah, who were one of the best sides actually in, in the county, really. Um, I sort of had a similar story. I played um, quite young for Shipston, which is my local club. You know, played from minis all the way to juniors and then through school as well, which was, which was great fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a different time to lockdown to you. Whereas I literally didn't play anything, yeah. which was horrible, um, especially in school because we were, well, I was final year because mm. you're, you're year above me. So the whole of the year 13 rugby was just completely scrapped for me. Yeah, well, that's where I really like found a love for the game, um, not having much to do. Yeah. So one of my friends from home brought me down to the club that he played at. I, I played now and then when I was younger, but never really got into it. Um, and yeah, as I said, never really looked back, continued it on to university and here we are now. Well, that's, yeah, that's one thing I've really enjoyed doing at uni is playing IMS, yeah. rugby. Um, I mean, I did the trials back for uh, the uni team in first year. Sort of got the feeling that I probably wouldn't get in. I mean, because you play scrum half as well at, yeah. uh, from time to time. Yeah, here and there. Here and there. I mean, I'm more of a scrum half sort of through and through ever since uh, I was 11 or something. And I went down to the trials and there was about 17 to 20 scrum halves. So I just thought, you know what? Tough competition. Yeah, it's not, not going to happen. Is it? Yeah. Um, 
and I, you know, it's sort of the first time I was like, oh man, I haven't got into the got into the team or something like that, and then realised that I could just join. And IMS. came along and exactly. And Ness is rest this history. It's brilliant. Yeah, um, hoping to actually be a bit more successful this year than last year. Yeah, you won it a few years ago. Didn't we you? did. Yeah, in my first season, I was quite quite lucky just yeah. to come into a team which was literally just all third years. Yeah. And then next year, everyone cleared off and we were, you know, back to being relatively average. That's um, quite the opposite to me. I came in when it, Chiefs was quite a new team. Um, a few of the boys in the year but have really built it up to a place that is now. And yeah, and then a couple of us taken over the ranks and seem to really enjoy it. So Yeah. Am I right in saying you're vice-captain? Vice-captain this year. Excellent. Very nice. Um, and I hear you run the touch. Well, run is a bit of a bit of an overstatement, but um, <laughs> organised sort of get yeah, people a little together bit now and then. But yeah, we've got a touch captain Tom, who's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, me and him tend to take the reins with that. But no, it's fantastic. It's good, good little Sunday night run out. Had the first one last night, so really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've never got into it at uni, um, but I think I might actually. Yeah, Neff's won last year. Do it this year. Yeah, I know they did. So I kind of want to go into a winning team to try and continue oh, that. Stop. And I feel like after uni, I'm more likely to play touch than full contact. When the legs wear down a little bit. Yeah, I know. Um, Maybe walking rugby. Exactly. I actually found out the other day that Neff's, the old, old boys who have left, actually started a league in London. No way. So I was like, there we go. If I ever end up in London, I'll go and join that. Walk into it. Exactly. Um, So we thought we'd kick off this week with... Um, a little chat about the group stage of the World Cup, how it's been going, sort of our thoughts on it, and then also look forward to um, the quarterfinals, which are coming up this weekend. We think it's going to be a shorter podcast this week um, because it's just going to be us two chatting here. Um, But later on, we're thinking of trying to get guests on um, most weeks. We've got a few contacts with academy players, so Mm -hmm. that'll be a good starting point. Yeah. And definitely see if we can get people in from the university who play uh, men's, women's touch, all of that um, to you know, bring you decent content, see what they think of rugby life and, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so, group stage, where should, we, where should we kick off? I think you've got to start with England. Uh-huh. Start with England. Um, four wins, top the group. Not very comfortable wins, though, yeah. especially the most recent one, so... Yeah, it's a it's a bit of swings and roundabouts with Borthwick at the moment. I mean, we've struggled to really outline a game plan mm-hmm. um, from a fan's point of view. The structure hasn't really been there. Um, and you think yeah, these this team's been together for 13, 14 weeks leading up to now. You think there'd be some bit more chemistry than there is. And it's just a little bit lacklustre. And you, you think looking forward to Fiji, you don't... You, I struggle to see us really getting past them in a way that other teams would. Yeah, I don't see us excelling against Fiji. It's one of them where it would be a very scrappy affair, like mm. the Samoa game. And if you just if you just watched England play, you know, regardless of the score, uh, someone had put together a twenty minute compilation. You'd think, how on earth have they won four out of four? Because mm. they've not looked at all like they've got any danger there well, I've, I've never seen someone kick three drop goals in a game so yeah I mean that, that was a one hell of a way to start with a uh, with uh, against Argentina but I mean from there it's just been just dire really it, it gave me a bit of false hope actually yeah and I think George Ford himself went oh hang on look this this team is looking Take ropey a step back a bit, like, yeah let's just 
go and win the game. Um, and I, to be fair, I think they will play knockout rugby. I mean, they played knockout rugby on Saturday against Samoa, which, you know, why, why are we saying that? They should be absolutely blasting past them. But they did. They went, right, we've got to just win because then, you know, you top the group um, and you play Fiji over Wales, which is probably the better better game. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think they probably will lead that into the group stage. And as they're on the better side of the draw, um, it can help them. Well, what, what sort of players have you think have excelled in England? You've got to start with George Ford. I think that first game just showed what how good of a talent he is. Um, he hasn't played for a while in the last year, injury. Yeah. Um, but he's come back straight into the team, in for Farrell after his recklessness in the build-up to the tournament. Um, and he really filled his boots. Um, set the tone for... As you say, a bit of false hope. Mm, um, yeah, I know. So uh, make of that what you will. But as well, I think Danny Kerr coming off the bench against Samoa really changed the game. Yeah. Um, brought a bit of life into the game. Uh, as a Saints fan, it's hard to see Mitchell have a pretty average World Cup. Mm. Um, when he got brought into the squad, I I thought he'd be an absolute joy to watch. Like in the Premier League, he's a live wire at the breakdown. Um, it's just a shame he hasn't really got rolling, has he? No, I think he played very well against Argentina in that first game. Mm. But then, yeah, he hasn't really excelled. I, I think he's sort of played like he has at Northampton. Some games he's unbelievable. You know, no one can touch him. He's breaking this way and that. His speed of ball is unbelievable. And then sometimes he just takes the ball when he shouldn't do, you know, rather than listen to the, the 10, he sort of does what he own and loses the ball, you know. And he sort of had that game on Saturday, which was, yeah, it was disappointing. I did think that he was going to come in and there we go. You know, we get rid of Youngs and Care Not because they're, 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 you know, old wood. Get rid of them. But actually, it's still a little bit... It's caused another problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also don't think that he was helped by having Ford and Farrell, personally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, we could debate this for hours, mm. whether... Ford Farrell 10 12 works. Um, against Samoa, conceding a couple tries in quick succession. Again, structure going out the window. You know, does all that work in the in the quarters against Fiji? Does do we need to try a new combination? Bring Ollie Lawrence back in at 12, yeah. go back to one traditional 10. Um, but having said that, I thought when Marcus came on, he he really put an to the game as well so yeah I think yeah he did all right um and actually he played very well at 15 mm. the last well he came on at 15 this week uh two weeks ago against Chile did fantastically at 15 you know it's not the greatest opposition but yeah you take the game what, what you will yeah, yeah. It's, it's still come on he's got to do a job so um regardless whether it's Chile or Samoa or Fiji next week so I think that is probably the the one of the good parts of the games that we've seen has been the fringe players. So you talk about Smith, Danny Kerr coming off the bench, Arundel scoring five against Chile. They've actually looked like they could be pushing into the team and made a statement. Yeah, I, th- I think in terms of World Cup, I think 2027, we're looking quite good. Yeah. Um, we're, I mean, I can see why Borthwick's gone back to the old roots this year. He's brought in Daly, brought in Johnny May. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, they've, they've had a little bit of impact throughout the World Cup. Um it's really looking forward to the next next four years. I think we're in good stead. Yeah, I, I know this is sort of going back four weeks or so, but 
I still don't know why Henry Slade wasn't picked. Henry Slade, Caden Murley. Caden Murley, top try scorer in the Prem. And he's he, he was posted all over the social media in mm-hmm. the build-up to the team selection. And he just didn't get No, and even when, you know, Watson got injured, he then, Borthwick still didn't go for one of those two. Yeah, he went back, back to the old route. To Johnny, Johnny May. Who is, is past it in an England shirt, yeah, really. Yeah. He's, he's done his bit. We'll shake his hand and let go. Exactly. You know, move on and actually embrace the new and see see what you can make of it, which is Borthwick has just not done whatsoever. Eddie Jones did it a bit too much, I think, personally. Yeah, too much chocolate and changing. Yeah. I do, to be honest, I do, I do like Borthwick in the sense that he sticks to his guns. Like, he trusts his players that he picks. He doesn't really let the media take advantage almost. Yeah. Um, which previous coaches in the past, such as Eddie Jones, might have done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the extent that he does it. Um, we've got so many young options who are finding the peaks of their career and to not pick them. For example, Henry Slade is just appalling, really. Mm. And, you know, as an optimist, and we'll probably come back to this in a couple of weeks anyway, as an optimist, you know, Borthwick's done brilliantly. He's won four games out of four. But as I said, watching the performances, it it looks pretty ropey going into it. There's there's a lot to work on. And in, in a week before a game against Fiji, you do wonder... Well, yeah, having lost to Fiji, exactly, having lost to them, you know, the week before the World Mm. Cup or something. um, I don't, I think Borthwick's days are numbered, to be fair. Well, we'll see. Um, Yeah, I don't think he's going to last much past the World Cup. Mm. Um, And I think it needs to have just a complete refresh. And that's what a World Cup does, doesn't it? Absolutely. You you get new players in and and then that's it. Um, You could say the same for Gregor Townsend with Scotland. Yeah. I mean, Wow, they've really underperformed. I know it's the group of death with Scotland and uh, Scotland, South Africa and Ireland, but I mean, to lose in the fashion that they have mm-hmm. twice against the two big boys, yeah. it's just, well, where'd you go from here? I know, they didn't give themselves a great account whatsoever. And as you say, you put them in uh, England's group, for example, and they probably get out of the group. Yeah. Um, but they, they've just underperformed in sort of all aspects mm. of it. Um, really surprising. I thought Finn Russell was going to actually, you know, excel at the World Cup. He loves being under pressure. He loves yeah. being in the underdog. And it hasn't worked whatsoever for him. And then you think, does he have another four years in a, another World Cup? I don't know. Same with like Tua Pilotti. Mm-hmm. This boy's getting on a bit now. Yeah. And it's, you, look, you look at the Scotland team and how they've had this sudden rise. I mean, beating us. Um but yeah. you look at you, you look at their what's what's up for them next, and it's like it's a bit of uncertainty. Mm. I was looking at the team pre that match on Saturday against Ireland, and looking at the back line and going, actually, this is you know a really decent side. They've got a chance here. Yeah. Half an hour later, they were twenty five points down. That's it, game's done. Mm. And it's, it's a shame really because they've got world class players. I mean, Van der Mer alone is fantastic. Darcy Graham, big fan of him. Yeah. It's a bleached blonde hair. So um, Hugh Jones, uh, when he used to play at Quinns a few years ago, I thought it was a really good player. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's a shame really, um, because you as a as like a home nations like Scotland are, we, we you want to back them mm. against a team like South Africa, but you can't really when they're playing so poorly. Do you think that it was the game on the game on Saturday against Ireland? Was it Scotland being really poor or Ireland being 
um, amazing or sort of a bit both? A little bit of both, but you can't look, look away from Ireland's dominance. Mm. I mean, what Sexton's done is fantastic. I mean, his last World Cup, he's really going out with a bang, isn't yes. he? He's, he's really put, taking his team as far as he can. So Yeah, I have to admit, I thought he was past it. Genuinely, when he, I think it was, it was two years ago during the Six Nations that he was injured and missed sort of yeah four games. Years, yeah, it was just after lockdown. I think. Yeah, and I thought, hang on, look, this this might be it. You know, he yeah. might fall to here and, and drop off. He's come back with a bang. You know, he's, he means business. Yeah, I'm um, I'm looking forward to watching the games on Saturday and Sunday actually, where the two um, big teams come against each other twice. Yeah, we've um, we've actually done a, a little prediction for, uh-huh. for this weekend, so we could go straight into that if you fancy. Um, well, I was thinking we'll, we'll talk about the, the other teams that have sort of impressed and, and actually failed to impress. So we've had Scotland. Um, I was also going to um, put in Australia, of course, into yes, that of category of, of underperforming. Missing out on, a, on the knockouts. Yeah, I don't really know where to start. Do you think we could actually start and pinpoint it down to Eddie Jones's squad, squad announcement? I I think there's just too much too much uncertainty of the team. Um, you, you look at them as well. They've they've lost a few big names yeah. um, over the past few years, uh, just to retirements, injuries. And then you, they've brought in a lot of young boys. Uh, exactly what Eddie Jones did for England, as we mentioned tried to mix up the squad a bit but it's, it's a case of same old with him it's just too much chop and change yeah no real chemistry formed and yeah it's it's mean they lose by 30 <laughs> odd points against wales and don't make the cut for the knockout stage of a world cup which i know for, for australia's expectations of rugby is quite amazing really well i was just thinking actually you know are australia do they just have worse players than, than the other teams because actually that's how they, they've lost yeah, they just don't have the quality anymore I don't, I don't know it's, it's going to be a combination of both but they, they've got some serious thinking to do in the next mm. few years but um, whether you stick with Eddie Jones whether you don't we'll wait and see lots of people the optimistic Australian media and actually Eddie Jones himself has said four years look we're, we're brilliant because he's brought in a load of young players already They've not quite gelled, as you said, but actually in four years' time, they might be set and ready to go. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. I think, I think we should, uh, should get ready for the, the next World Cup. <laughs> I, th- I think we'll, um, it'll be fantastic. But you, you, look, you look at um, Australia, obviously, a couple of injuries. You, you can't really like put all, your, put all your eggs in one basket and blame Eddie Jones, can you? No. Uh, you've, got to, you've got to think it's a, it's a combination of a multitude of things. Yeah, definitely. Um, can you think of any other teams that sort of failed to perform? I don't think we can chuck the likes of Romania or Chile because they haven't, they weren't thought of. No, actually it's, it's, it's a shame, really. Like with with Romania, Chile, Namibia, these teams just coming up to a World Cup and you, the expectations there that you're just gonna just mm. gonna get battered, and it's come to show. Um, but one team that I've really, really been um, and impressed with is Argentina. Okay. I think they've really been underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, started off in the game against England. I mean, as much as we went to the drop goal and couldn't really get past them in terms of try scoring, they offered nothing. Like we, it, it, it was a convincing win for England. Yeah. Regardless whether we scored a try or not, you know, um, it... which is just crazy really yeah three drop goals and 
Was it seven penalties? Yeah, all the, all the points going for forward, yeah. Exactly. And I mean, Daly missed two as well. So you look at that and Argentina have given nine penalties away in kickable positions, which is obviously you're not going to win a game from there, are you? That's, yeah. that's absolute suicide. Yeah, absolutely. And then going down the other end, they, they just couldn't really offer anything. So it's it's amazing how they've made it out of the group. But um, fair enough to them. Yeah, we'll, mm. we'll see what they can do against Wales. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a shame for Japan, actually, because they could have jumped on the bandwagon there, but they were just also really underwhelming compared yeah. to four years ago. Uh, yeah, four years ago, they were like, they were the story team, weren't yeah. they? they? They proved everybody wrong. But yeah, it's a shame they can repeat it this year. No. Um, should we look at some teams that have impressed above their pay station, per, potentially? You know, teams that have actually come out and, and shown a bit more flair than we thought they would have done. Yeah, well, you've got to start with Fiji, don't you? Um, just fantastic. The heart that they play with is unbelievable. Um, yeah, I've been been thoroughly impressed with them. Kicking-wise, they've their, scr- their scrum half kicking off the team. I don't think I've seen him miss one yet. No. He's, he's unbelievable. Yeah. But no, I, I think Fiji have been really impressive. Um, to be honest as well, you look at France, the home nation, beating New Zealand first yeah. week, even with without Entomac, um, that that was a that caused a bit of uncertainty coming into the World Cup, having your fly half brought out a week before, yeah. uh, getting injured in the warm-up games. It's like, where'd you go from here? But to be fair, um, Jalabert has really stepped up, stepped up. Yeah, I think, and they've just embraced the home support they've absolutely loved playing on home soil absolutely. with all the fans yeah. and stuff like that first loss for New Zealand in the group stage game as well it's yeah yeah I think France have really as much as they're the favorite if not one of the favorites to win the whole thing I think they've really lived up to that expectation despite a few unforeseen circumstances yeah and and the fans as well have, have as I said embraced it too um we were I was watching the game on Saturday, the England game, and you could hear the chants, the French national anthem ring out, just oh, because fantastic. you know they, all the French people go and watch, and they, they just absolutely love it. Yeah. Have you have you been to one of the games? No, I haven't. No. no. Didn't make it. Some of my housemates did. Have they? Yeah. Wow. Which one? What the England games? Yeah. Or? They went. One of them went and saw uh, England, England, Chile. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few of them have been to the one this weekend against Samoa. Um, I feel sorry for yeah, them. Yeah, no. Um, I'll also chuck in, it pains me to throw them in, but Wales have played very, very well Yeah. also. I, I have a very good friend who is Welsh, and every time they play, he texts me, and uh, annoyingly, they've been, they've been winning, so it's uh, it's hard to really argue. Yeah. yeah he's, uh, He's looking forward to, uh, to to this course against Argentina. They haven't made out the semi-finals before, have they? No, I don't think so. So, you know, there's, there's a chance that they can make the semis and perhaps with a bit of a miracle make it on. And they were sort of in the other group of death um, mm. because you had South Africa, Scotland and Ireland who were 1, 2 and 5. Yeah. And then Fiji, Australia and Wales who were seven, eight and nine ranked yeah, in the so world. So they were all really close and only two of them could get through. And actually, you know, it wasn't what people thought. Everyone went for Australia and Wales. Um, oh, Australia well. didn't, yeah, make it out. But Wales did really well to keep their bottle and, and make sure that they actually went through and uh, and handled it handled it pretty well. Absolutely. Um, I think that probably, that probably sums up all of the decent teams. Obviously, we can talk about Ireland for days, but, you know, they've just been fantastic anyway. Um, so looking to the quarterfinals, what games have we got coming up on Saturday? So Saturday we're kicking off with Wales Argentina. 
Um, little prediction for that, Archie? Well, I've gone for Argentina win. Having just waxed lyrical about Wales, um, I'm going to reverse that and go for an Argentina win 17-14, which is, you know, bold. Bold, very bold. Um, And actually the opposite to what you've gone for. Yeah, I've gone for a Wales whitewash, really. Um, I think after that Australia game, proving everybody wrong, including myself, that you can't really write them off. I've seen that Faletau is going to be ruled out for the rest of the World Cup, which would be a bit of a blow to their back row. Um, but other than that, I, I don't really see Argentina causing much of a threat. Mm. I just feel like Argentina know how to play knockout rugby. That's the one thing I, I yeah. think. Um, and they, I've only gone for a three-point win because I think they'll know just what to do and they'll ma- be able to manage and control the game. I don't know. There's something about watching Wales at the moment. I think... It's just a level of excitement that I kind of expected from Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really offer the same. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'll bat them. I've gone 27-8 to Wales. Oh, wow. Um, just a little side note. How how do you think Warren Gatlin coming back in less than a year from the World Cup has influenced the way that Wales have played? I think he's been fantastic. Um, obviously, they love him over there. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think he's been great for the fans. Um who've really got behind the team this year. Um, and as I said, like no one expected them to, to make it out of the group over Australia. Yeah. Learn the whole they have. So. I know. And, he, and he loves coaching them as well. Yeah. Um, and you could see a difference in the way that Wales played when he came back because they were relatively boring. They'd have real little actual flair going for them. Yeah, it's an exciting brand of rugby. Yeah. It's kind of what you hope from an English fan. But, uh, I know. Yeah, unfortunately, we haven't been able to replicate that. You know, absolutely. Well, uh, there was a bit of kicking during the Six Nations. They've limited that now and they just score bucket loads of tries. Mm. Um, especially in that, as you, we keep mentioning, the Australia game was just unbelievable to watch. Yeah. I was sort of having Blown to wipe my eyes. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't believe it. Um, okay, so we've gone for... One Wales and one Argentina prediction there. Then on the evening game on Saturday. Bit of a blockbuster. Oh, unbelievable. I know what I'm doing for four hours on the, on my Saturday. Uh, we've got Ireland against New Zealand. Now, I think this could have been the World Cup final, gen- genuinely, mm. had the groups gone you know, a different way and, and both of them had been able to, to follow it in. But what have you gone for from almost the two most exciting teams in the tournament? Well, you can't really, you can't really make a difference between them. It's a, it's a bit of a coin toss, really. But um, after their performance against South Africa, I just can't look past the Ireland losing. Um, I think they're on, they're on to win the tournament if they beat New Zealand. Um, yeah, I've gone for twenty three, twenty one. I just think the Ireland squad depth is too much for New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, We've seen New Zealand lose already this tournament. Ireland, obviously, clean slate so far. Yeah. Um, Johnny Sexton, back to arguably his very, very best. Um, Prime. Yeah. Uh, how old was he? Like 36? Yeah. Like that. Um, as, as amazing as New Zealand are and as incredible it was to have some play over the weekend, I just can't look past an Ireland win here. No, I can I can see where you're coming from. Um but I've got to keep my prediction intact that New Zealand are going to win the tournament. Oh. So I'm going to have to say that New Zealand will win. And I've gone for a bit of a wider score difference there. I've gone for 20 points to 10 in favour of New Zealand. Um, because I just think that they will, 
as as I said for Argentina, they know how to win. They will manage the game brilliantly. And actually, the old New Zealand are back. We were talking before the podcast that they just didn't look like a New Zealand team against France. But in these last couple of games, they've looked like they've been a lot more open and ready to you know chuck the ball about like they always have. They've got that flair back. Yeah, definitely. And having the, have them um, for sort of 80 minutes against one of the best teams that they've lost to recently, I think will just fire them up even more. Mm. Um, and I think they'll it'll be a low-scoring game, you know, a try or two apiece. Uh, but it will. But I think New Zealand will come out on top um, for that one. Yeah, I've gone with 23-21. Narland's favour, so as tight as you can get, really. Yeah, that is super, super tight. Um, you were saying that Matt Hansen might be out. Yeah, I, I was reading a few things this morning on the way in. Um, Matt Hansen could be out. I saw James Lowe had an eye eye problem as well. Mm. So, I mean, that's a, two stars on, on the wings. But um, I, I still can't can't look past them winning. I think they're going to yeah. be fantastic. As um, you said, plenty of depth. But those two have been so influential in the last years or year oh, or so. absolutely, yeah. You, can't really, can't really fault them. They're, yeah. they're unbelievable. They've just come from nowhere as well. They've suddenly, you know, three years ago, the back three of, for Ireland were nowhere near the team. Yeah, you had like David Scott that were kicking around. Yeah, um, exactly. He's um, is he retired now? I think. I think so. Or he's just, yeah. you know, he's just dropped off. Yeah. 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 Um, but Low, Hansen, and Keenan mm. have been a fantastic, a bit of fresh air, haven't they? Yeah. Um, and come in and really galvanise the back line and been able that when Sexton and um, and the others throw it out, then they've actually got some proper gas on the wing. Yeah, you look at Gary Ringrose as well, who's yeah. really come in and been the the most fundamental 13 since O'Driscoll for Ireland. Mm-hmm. And he's he's been a breath of fresh air, as you say, for them. But the whole back line is fantastic. And then you, you look at the pack as well. Peter Amani, he's... 100th game for Ireland at the weekend yeah. and then obviously Van der Fleer as well so coming off well player of the year they're, they're stacked I, th- I think it's going to be one hell of a game but yeah Ireland just win did you see their scrap with Scotland at yeah, the weekend yeah. that um, was so funny it was, it was Schumann, Schumann and um, who, who was it from uh, was Ireland? it Rob Herring I think it was yeah. thrown over the advertisement board that's yeah. brilliant and all the commentators was, I knew that they were loving it but they're like oh yeah that's, that's really dangerous I definitely wouldn't have done that in my time it was a yellow card in there as well yeah I know. and it was a proper almost like 15 on 15 yeah. scrap you got to sit back and enjoy those. Moments. I know, they got really into it. And I think the ref just went, oh, God, I've got to just wait for a couple of minutes, yeah. let it cool down, and then I can wander in. Otherwise, they'll get some strays. Mm. Um, okay, we'll move on to Sunday then. Two more games coming up um, on there. What's the first one? So we've got England-Fiji. Um, obviously, you've got to back England here. Mm-hmm. I've gone for a 15-10. I think it's going to be low-scoring game of the game of the weekend. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned, I don't really see England... Putting together too much in attack, I think we'll go we'll go to the um, kicking game quite a bit. <laughs> Shock, um, but no, I, I think I think we'll put it together, get get the get the sense of knockout rugby back in uh, back in full flow. But yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a test, definitely our biggest test of the tournament so far. Hundred percent, yeah, I think it's going to be not as low scoring as you've gone for, uh, just because I think. Both the defence are relatively rocky, so there could be tries that come in definitely during the second half, potentially. So I've gone for a 23-15 to England. 
but you know, not a repeat of the Fiji win earlier mm. this year. I just Fingers think, crossed. Yeah, yeah, I think after the game against Portugal yesterday, um, where they lost by a point, I just think they might come off that badly and just mm. drop a bit of drop in confidence, and then you know. But at the same time, if they they can re- rekindle their so tell themselves they got lucky lucky to get through the group and then come back all guns blazing and blow us out of the park. Yeah, they 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 certainly could. I mean, it'll be it'll be a test. Um, but if that does the result does come in, um, then England making a semi final with this team with this performance and form would be something quite astonishing. You say that, but then you look at our fixtures that we've had and. Out of, all, out of all the other teams to make it this far, we will have been the one with the easiest running. Mm, 100%. Um, I mean, France, New Zealand, all had to play each other, Scotland and Ireland, obviously. Um, but those, those two semi-finals, Ireland, New Zealand, France, South Africa, they could be World Cup finals yeah, themselves. exactly. Right? Should we move on to that? the last game of the Go weekend? Yes. Gone for France, South Africa. I've gone for France. I think the home team are just going to bring it home. Um, I've gone by a nine-point difference, 26-17 to France. Um, so the world champions, I think, are going to get knocked out. But again, this might actually be almost more exciting than the New Zealand-Ireland game, depending on which brand of rugby South Africa played. Because we know mm. France would chuck it about. They'll have so much fun playing. Yeah. If South Africa go back to their brand of rugby they played in 2019, where it was a bit slow, a bit of kicking, you know, they try and just manage the, the game as opposed to have a bit of fun, then it, it might not open up. But we're hoping for it. My question is who's starting at 10 for them? So obviously they've just brought in Andre Pollard. Exactly, yeah. Got Manny Liverk, who's played uh, three of the group stage games at Ted. I don't who's, know. Who'd you go to? I think I'd stick with uh, Libok, yeah. honestly. Um, I think Pollard's is still a brilliant player, but just not quite having that rugby form that you need sort of into a World Cup quarterfinal. The group stages are, you know, a level of intensity. The quarterfinals and, and knockouts are even bigger. So not having played for a decent chunk of time, I think you just need to be a bit more ready to come into a team straight away. But at the same time, you know, every, every point counts in knockout rugby. And with Manny Libert missing a few mm. relatively easy kicks off the tee, you do wonder yeah. where they go from there. But yeah. And then you've got Faf trying them from 55 <laughs> metres as well and then coming up short. Well, that's what I thought. When when Faf has to start kicking, you know, it's not going quite well for, yeah. for your 10. Having said that, though, I've gone for a South Africa win. Yeah, is that on the basis that Libok will start, or, or yeah, I, I, as much as he's not the best off the tee, and he's maybe that's just a, a knock in confidence. I think he's a fantastic distributor. Um, the the weapons that he's got outside of him are fantastic. Jesse Creel's having a storm of the World mm-hmm. Cup. Um, Dialende at his best is arguably the best twelve in world rugby. Yeah, um, and then of, of course out wide, hopefully Chesney Colby can. Uh, Repeat his uh, his form in the World Cup yeah. four years ago. Oh. So. so what's what's your what's your prediction? I've gone for a, a high scoring affair in 29-24. I think Safi's just edge it. Yeah, I mean if it is 29-24, I will not be disappointed with that game. Yeah, blockbuster. Yeah, I think Levot will actually be not from the tee, but kicking from hand, very very useful as well. Because mm-hmm. um, who do they score a try against where he? You know, did one of those cross fields into the dead dead ball area. Might have been Ireland. It might have been, yeah. Um, and that was, you know, one of the. It was, it was an almost a no look. 
Yeah. Um, I, and he I just remember, yeah. he dinked it across, and I was just like, that is unbelievable for someone who's never played in a World Cup before, yeah. coming in only with about a year or so experience. That is yeah. phenomenal. Because when when Pollard was ruled out before the World Cup, they had quite a little crisis at uh, yeah. my heart. So for him to come in, I, I know he's played as a fullback. Um, well, did Orenson play ten for a bit? I think Damien Villams came in. Yeah, he played for a while. He's been fantastic at fullback as well. His creativity. Yeah. I think they're they're the weapons as well as we mentioned in the centres. And then when they get that ball out wide, it's, it's mm-hmm. almost unstoppable. I I do also reckon they'll bring um the bomb squad again. Oh yeah. Um six two split, which you know might actually hurt France in the pack. Um, like they've not you know not experienced before. Well, it was seven one against Ireland the split. So I know yeah. it's just ridiculous. It's, cra- it's crazy thing about. I need that for sheep. Yeah. <laughs> when when they all come on together like seven fours just stand up and they just do a complete re. It's rehash. a spectacle. It's ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah they've got Quagga Smith as the wing replacement. Yeah. I, I, sure, sure. Against that though, they they made the mistake against Ireland bringing them on too early. Mm. Um, 45, 50 minutes, and even still, for for these big forwards to play 30 minutes in a big World Cup game against the number one team in the world, yeah. that's a lot of pressure. Um, and then you, you see like Etzebeth coming on after coming off after like 45 minutes, yeah. and it's like, is that get poor game management? Uh, how will that fare in the knockouts? Like, because there's so much quality that is only playing uh, the maximum sort of about two thirds of a game, if that. Um, and as you say, you're thinking, hang on, is this, we're not actually using these players properly. Yeah. Right, we're just sort of trying this new tactic that, you know, does work mm-hmm. 90% of the time, but it's, one time it doesn't work, you're out of the World Cup. Well, I think if you're going to do a 7-1 split, you've got to bring them on last 10-15 and really let them go at them. Yeah. Um, especially against a team like France, who is so well drilled. Uh-huh. Um, it, it will be interesting to see, see what the split is, but... Uh, they tend to announce the team quite early, South Africa, so we should know within a day or two. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, so that's our predictions for the quarterfinals. Um, I think we've only gone for one result the same, yeah. uh, just the England, England one. Yeah, that shows our optimism. Yeah, I mean, we probably should both have gone Fiji yeah. there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all the others are different. So it'll be interesting to see. As you say, it is such a wide... Um, such wide open games that it could go either way for all of them so now i think we're gonna move on to the final bit of today's show um do a little quiz so do you want to go first or shall i you go first okay so if you are at home you can play along as well Uh, i'll be asking jamie the questions first i've got five decently hard questions i feel like you should get most of them a couple of england questions a couple of ones before you know our time but well, have a go. So the first one is a nice, easy England one to get get you started. Name the England player to score the only try in a World Cup final. The only try in a World Cup final. Um, Jason Robinson, wasn't it? it yeah. Indeed, it was in two thousand and three. So they are off the mark. Okay. Uh, which three teams have been in the same pool in two thousand and seven, two thousand and fifteen? 2019 and 2023. Which three teams? Yeah, three of them. I, I was quite surprised when I was searching Ooh. this question up. Is it? Oh. Ah, something, something's going to be about Wales and Australia. But, uh, 
I'm going to go with Wales, Australia. You go Wales, Australia. So that's two. Yeah. Now you've got one more. One more. So let's have a think. Wales, Australia. So the last three World Cups and 2007. Wales, Australia. Shut up. I've had a mind blank. I can't think who is... Who, who, who was with them? Uh, Wales, Australia, and... Am I being stupid here? Well, Fiji. 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 There we it. go. Of course. Mind um, blank. So there we are. Two out of two. Slightly longer time for the second, but, yeah. but that's fine. Well, that's fine. Um, New Zealander Michael Leach captained which country in the 2019 World Cup? I know Japan. There we go. Japan. Perfect. He's a legend, by yeah. the way. I think they've got a statue in, they um, in Japan. Do, yeah. <laughs> He's not really Japanese, but give or take. They, they, they still love him. Okay, two to go. It's three out of three so far. Um, this one I brought up because it's been talked about a little bit. How many drop goals did, did South Africa's Yanni De Beer kick in a match against England in 1999? This is the most. This is the record. Isn't it, it is the record. Oh. So they're talking about Ford was gonna beat it, but then he, yeah, did, he, he got didn't. Three. I've got a feeling it's five. It certainly is five. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't think they were. It wasn't like three and three. I think they were near the end of the game. Yeah, but um, just had a flurry at the end. That's still ridiculous. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, into the final one. There's four answers here. So, how many players have scored points in a World Cup final? So, obviously, you've got one. Is this for England? This is for England, yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, 2003, 2007 and 2019. So, we've got... Obviously, we've got Johnny. Johnny. Jason Robinson. Jason Robinson, there's two. Oh, 2019. It would have been Faz off the boot. Um, Farrell, that's the third. Fourth. It would have been it would have been Johnny in two thousand and seven as well, wouldn't it? So that you said that we've only scored one one try in a World Cup final, haven't we? Yes. So oh god, who could this be? It is quite a tricky one. It was um this is before um fifth for us, it was in the nineteen ninety one World Cup. Oh, I could be in trouble here. No, you got, you got to tell me. It was Jonathan Webb. Uh, he scored two penalties um, as we got smashed. Yeah. Um, but they are. So, sort of four and three quarters yeah. out of five. Four, four and a half. Four, four, and, half. four and a half. Not a bad start. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Okay. So, sticking on the England theme. England theme. Okay, though. For, for Archie, all five of my questions are based on England and... We'll start off with hopefully um, a very straightforward. Oh God, I'm feeling the pressure now. Yeah. Who is England's top rugby world cup point scorer? Oh god. Now surely, surely it's got to be Johnny. It is. It is. It okay. Is I did it think I just thought Farrell might have I don't know whether he's been enough. No, so, so Johnny's far. actually the most the Highest point score in Rugby World Cup history ever. Yeah, oh, wrong. Try to try to give you a little like so obvious that it might not be obvious. That's what I thought. I was thinking, yeah. hang on. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's on, all right. On team with Johnny. Question number two: Who passed the ball to Johnny Wilkinson 
for his famous World Cup winning drop goal in the 2003 final? Um, oh, God, I do know this. Um, Scrum half. Yeah. Um, what's his face? Oh, um, Matt Dawson. Matt Dawson, correct. Two for two. Two for two. Moving on, question number three. Can you name the scoreline in the 2019 World Cup semi-final where England beat New Zealand? Oh, God, that's a tricky one. If you said World Cup final, I could have done yeah. that because we got absolutely smashed. But it was, I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it was fairly low scoring. I think it was. Was it something like 17-9? Oh, you are so close. Swap the numbers around. It was 19-7. Oh, no. Oh, that was so close. You know what? We'll, get, we'll, we'll give <laughs> you a little half <laughs> point for that half point. <laughs> they could, you could have been close with that. Oh, man. Swap, swap the two digits around. Right. Two and a half out of three. Two and a half out of three. Yeah. We're leaving on the show. <laughs> so, question number four. Ben Youngs is the most capped England pair of all time. Mm-hmm. Can you name the second most capped? Um... Jason Leonard. Correct. Three and a half out of four. Get this right. First first quiz is a tally. All square. Okay. All square. Question number five. Which England coach has the best winning percentage of all time whilst being an England coach? Oh, okay. Hmm. Now, I'd be tempted to say something like Someone like Eddie Jones because he won so many at the start, but I think I'm going to go classic and go uh, Clive Woodward. Is that your final answer? Yeah. So Clive Woodward had a winning percentage of 71%. Looking good. Eddie Jones, 73. Oh, man. No. I had it. You had it. So there we go. First inaugural quiz. Of the uh, Scrum Fly With Me podcast. A little bit of a bottle there. But, yeah. Um, there we are. Yeah. Not bad. Well Not played, bad well played. Not bad effort. Good questions, yeah. you know. Um, we'll take that. Uh, so, yeah, that pretty much wraps us up today. Uh, in As we said before, in future podcasts, we're thinking of getting various guests on um, and, you know, people that are in the rugby world, whether that be professionally amateur or just potentially some of our mates that, have played yeah. um, with us and, and whatnot. So, you know, lots to look forward to, actually. Yeah, it would be amazing to not only learn from them, but hopefully engage with them, get, get them testing their knowledge as well. Definitely. Little, little quiz. Um, and that would be, be a fantastic prospect to have a few professional players on the line. So, Indeed. Lots to look forward to. Um, and make sure you stay up to date with our Instagram as well. It is just scrumflywithme underscore U-R-N. Uh, so follow that. We'll put all the info out on there, who we've got on various shows um, and some other you know, little graphics that either myself or Jamie will whip up. You're quite a graphic whiz, aren't you? Oh, you do let's compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been trying, but having a look at your repertoire already, it looks it looks pretty good. Oh, thank you very much, mate. So I'm glad I've wrote you in, not only for the co-hosting, but also yeah, for the graphics. For the graphics. Um, but yeah there we are thank you for listening hope you enjoyed and uh, stay tuned for future episodes goodbye for now goodbye